0: Life is patience, life is consistency, life is perseverance, life is learning. But of everything that I have learned, life is relationships. I see the walls
1: before me, I feel the cage is forming. Seems like the wall is falling, but I keep my head up the ground. I see the wall before me, I know what changes is coming. I hear the wall is falling, so I keep my head up the ground. We break into every day. We break into every day. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics. Such as family, finance, relationships, dreams, and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. We break into everything. Hello, and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner where we step out on faith and divide the I am your host, Joyce Donkar. Today we have the Barrier Breaker of the month of June 2021, and it's none other than the amazing <laughs> Danny Constant. Please introduce yourself.
0: My name is Danny Constant. It's an honor actually being on this amazing platform. I am an actor. I am an event host. I'm a creative consultant and a producer. That is pretty much summary of what I am or what I do. From the smiling coast of the Gambia, I'm currently in the US, taking care of my little daughter and the family for the main time, but I should be back in Gambia very soon. Outside that, I am equally a brother, I'm a father, I'm a husband, and I am passionate about young people and above everything, the creative art, because I think that is one way that the human mind and soul can be touched without doing much effort. Because in some somehow we're all in tuned with creative side. That's basically a little bio about who I am. And I've been doing this communication, creative, that's pretty much performing arts for almost, what, 15 years. And it has taken me places and it has helped me touch people's lives and change equally mine for the better.
1: Did you always want to be a creative person? Did you want to be in that industry all the time? Was it like your wish,
0: hope when you were younger? No. Funny enough, when growing up, I wanted to be a firefighter. Every time I think about it, it just makes me laugh. Anyway, I found myself. I always wanted to be a firefighter. And for some reason, I was... Always scared of the limelight and just being out there. And I think because my parents equally being Orthodox Christians kind of also put me in a space where it was demanding to be helpful. And I think firefighters, uh, just selfless people, like regardless of whatever it is, they are individuals that will put their lives on the line and face danger for people. And just that career thrilled me. I wasn't outgoing. I was mostly an introvert and very shy. (laughs) Shocker. I grew up in the family of basically six. That is my parents, my mom, my dad, and I have two sisters and a brother. It was amazing growing up with missionary parents, just traveling back and forth. As Christian, there's the whole going out to preach the gospel type situation. (laughs) So I wanted at some point to follow in my dad's footsteps, but we plan and God executes. So I had an accident in 2006, like a near death experience type stuff. We were doing acrobatics that I loved at the time, not anymore, Mm -hmm. (laughs) at a place called Allianz Franco in Gambia. And we had this acrobatics instructor, this guy that came from South Africa that was making us do some very weird things. I get on the pyramid that we're building. It was like a four level pyramid where people stand on each other's shoulders and they tower up to the top. And I being the small one was meant to be the final (laughs) icing on the cake. (laughs) I got to the top and someone missed their balance. And there I was tumbling. Oh, my God. And I fell and passed out. And my life flashed in front of me. And I think I woke up with a concoction and a fractured rib. But that changed my life because after that, it was a different person that woke up. And I was outspoken. I was audible.
1: What a miracle.
0: I was transformed. From there on, I wanted to sing. I wanted to make people feel good. I think out of everything else that I have done, if there's an achievement that I need to name that's the most. I mean, it's not material. It's about the ability to make other people feel good. Not many people can say that. And not in a negative light, I'm talking about helping people see the beauty in themselves. And that's where I picked up, even though I had to kind of venture into the career after my architecture degree, because my dad had already paid money. I couldn't just drop out of school because, I wanted to become Michael Jackson. And we know how African parents are. Yeah. So after graduation, friends of mine invited me to join youth organizations. And from there, I got kicked up into creative arts, working with Auntie Janet Adebujan Theater, which just made a series of domino events that propelled my life it was a journey that picked up somewhere and I'm grateful I went on that adventure
1: that's I mean it's like you really had a turnaround in your life that was like a an miracle and I feel like yes. you kind of saw your life and you're like you know what I'm going to leave my death life no more hiding no more being quiet let me do what I want to do because this life is really short and now see where you are today And you touched your love for young people. What is it about young people that you want to give back? You want to impact their lives?
0: For me, it's mostly about molding the future. As we grew up with the saying that young people are the future. Indeed, they are. At some point, looking at where I am and everything that I have done or I am able to do certainly stems from a place where it was someone that took their time and allowed me to grow while coaching and guiding and molding me into this person. And that's exactly what is supposed to happen. That's a requirement from each and every one of us to pass down that knowledge. The yeah. same way we know our cultures and our lifestyle, these informations and habits that have been passed down from generations down. So whatever it is that we're going through right now, it's only meant for us to garner and harness and eventually give it to the younger ones. And that's what I currently find fascinating that young people being in the future, all they need is amazing people that are around, that understand them, regardless of the changing times. But we can't really force the young people to become better. Yeah. We equally just have to live our lives and just show that this is eventually what you could achieve, where you could go. Following so so and so guideline. It necessarily doesn't mean that we are perfect. Looking at the lives of the greatest of all time, they had flaws. I mean, from entertainers to you name it, everyone has flaws. But in order for civilization to progress, we pick out the good out of everything else that they did in order for us to move forward. And that's exactly what I do with young people. I certainly just created platforms where they're able to express themselves. Like we have the community in Gambia, where especially knowing how hard it is for young men to express themselves, we created a platform where it is just for them to freely, you know, just say what's in your heart. Yeah. And knowing the society that we live in, it's hard for people, especially young men, to express how they feel. That's why it's easier for them to hurt people around them because that's the only way they're able to let that angle, basically just let those unsa- unspoken words out. Young people are a dear part of me because this is certainly going to determine whether we have a bright future or a bleak one. It's important that the right people are put around them, the right images, the right message. And yeah. order for our lives as Black people, as Africans to progress,
1: can you touch on the importance of having coaches and the importance of young people looking for guidance? Because there are a lot of people who just want things to go really fast for them and they're not like looking for guidance. It takes time. Now everyone's looking for the microwave success and all of that, but you need to nurture yourself, you need the right guidance. Can you touch on that?
0: In 2009, I became, you guys know, x mats from Black Links. Mm-hmm. They are the founders of Fila, you know, the Fila and the Open Mic Concert. I became an assistant to X-Mats. and I dedicated time and passion to just following him With no pay. I mean, just being there, just learning, watching, observing, taking my time, asking questions. It took me under his wings in 2010 ish when he was doing a radio show at paradise FM called job shop. I remember when I got there, I literally spent about two, three months just watching everything that was going on the show. Like I never had the chance to touch anything, any control. I was just there looking at what he was doing. The first day was even the most frustrating when he asked me to show up because I told him that, look, I want to do this. I want to be into the communication and entertainment scene. And he's like, okay, you know, just come through. I got to Paradise FM and Harura Drame met me inside. And he came and he was like, yeah, who's this guy? Send him out. Like they literally... (laughs) They sent me outside and I sat at the gate on the floor and I was so pissed. I was at the brink of tears. I was like, man, I didn't even have no money at that time. So I had walked from Talinding all the way to Bakote. Oh my God. So I went that far for somebody to just send me like, I was pissed. But I didn't quit. I stayed there. Ex came out, brought me to the studio, and that happened. I was with him for about four years back and forth. Like I used to go to all the concerts that they had. I'll stay at the end just to help pick up the wires and carry boxes and just learn from the back. And from there, I was responsible for the artist list and calling the artists and all of that stuff. At the meantime, I was equally studying. Because I had other people that were meant to me like Auntie Janet, where I was learning performing arts. We were learning about broadcasting and writing and producing and directing and equally stage acting. And the nine yard, I was doing music and dance at that same time. So there was so much going on, but I was equally at the same time under the wings of so many other people because there was a vision I had. At that time, I was perfecting my expressive skill. Then I was learning how to express it. because you do not want to be a light, a beacon. And once you are asked to speak, you certainly don't know what to say. Right. A lot of people are just overwhelmed by the idea of striving and becoming successful. And you don't think about what is going to happen when you are at the top. Most of the time, we are too focused climbing the mountain, than preparing ourselves for what's going to happen when we are at the top. How long are we going to stay at the top? Can we maintain ourselves at the top? That's also a problem. Most of the time, a lot of people are just focused on just the idea of being seen than thinking about longevity behind being in the limelight. and. For me, it was always about how do I use what I have to change people's lives? So from there, I remember when X allowed me to even host the show, I was shocked. The first time was like, oh, I was like, bro, I don't <laughs> think I can do this. <laughs> so I hosted the show the one time. And from there, I had a job with a nonprofit. I worked with the brand CC for about a year and a half. Then, by that time, we were shooting movies. We did two movies. We did The Hand of Faith that won uh, the African Oscars in the U.S. here in 2013. I was production assistant there, and I was assistant director as well. Because of the job that I did there, coordinating and running and actually organizing the premiering and screening, from there, did another movie called Sarata, where I was assistant director. That attracted AfriCell to what I was doing. So from there, I didn't even apply for a job. Because of the work that I had, everyone was seeing what I was doing. I didn't need introduction anymore. So from that point, I got the job with Africel. And with Africel, I moved on to doing better things and being on bigger platforms. Like I said, it surely started with just being open to servicing, to being an apprentice. And if a lot of people understand that that's where it starts, Even though we live in a very self-made age, we all need mentoring because that will help guide and shape you. If I never was on the wings of these individuals, I probably would have gone back way or maybe dead somewhere at this point.
1: Yeah, I like the part that you said, vision. People need to have vision in their lives so that they know where they're going or else. Without a vision, you just be visionless, just doing anything that comes along and just going anywhere. But once you have a vision, you have a focus, you know where you want to go, you know what you want to do. And so I was listening to you on your show, Constant Talks with Danny, and (laughs) you talked about when you were going to school, how you wanted to be in, you know, one area and your dad is like, oh, you wanted to go to another school and your dad is like, you have to go to this school. So can you touch on that experience? How do you feel in that moment?
0: school is important. Fifteen years ago, I wouldn't have thought that way. I hated everything about school, but I would tell every and anyone now, stay in school. When growing up in the Gambia, it's an environment highly influenced, especially young people, by their peers. Most of the things that young people do solely is a reflection of how one of their friend thinks because the society is tuned in such a way that as much as everyone claims to be independent and self-reliant, the way everyone is solely focused on how their image is going to be perceived at the end of the day is how we carry ourselves around. Most of the time, based on that lack of confidence or self-esteem, we give power to others to guide our reactions or the outcome of what our circumstance is going to be like. So back in school, in being in St. Traces, the friends that I had were like in the best class. The first class, I think it was...
1: The A class. I think it
0: was T. Best class was T. And then they had circle, square, triangle, rectangle. I think that was in St. Traces. So my friends were like in the T class. And I was in rectangle. I think at some point, they even took me to U. <laughs> These friends graduate and... The ones that I was in the U class decided to go to a school in Banjul. At the time, if you were in Banjul, ah, you know, you're each guy. Regardless and without consideration of what my parents were going to think, I went to school in Banjul. When my father found out, <laughs> I think he found out even before I had done, because I remember I went to Banjul and I was trying to pick up a form at JC5 because I had that quote of mark. And my dad was like, Banjul? No, 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 no. I was told that there's a school in Lamen called St. Peter. I was like, all my friends are going to Banjo. My spirit was dampened. So expectation crushed. I was like, man, okay, so let me go to St. Peter's. and just become reckless. and just do anything. At the end of the day, an idea that whatever I was doing was going to hurt my dad, going to be like an insult to my father. I went to school. I will not study. I will just do nonsense. But I ended up loving the place because one of the most amazing friends that I have, or a few of the amazing friends that I currently have, are people that went to to St. Peter's. Mike Campbell, Lindan Injai, who's like the poet, doing amazingly well now. I mean, most of the great people, they are all individuals that I met in St. Peter's. So, like I said, we plan, God executes. Right. I'll do it all over again. Just go to St. Peter's.
1: Great. So June is Father's Day. It's coming up in June. And as a father, what would you do differently with your daughter in that case?
0: (laughs) There's not much credit given to Father's Day. Well. (laughs) Which to me, I find insulting. There are holidays. There are even different Mother's Day in different parts of the world. (laughs) Like Ghana has its own Mother's Day I think the U.K. has its own Mother's Day. The U.S. has its own Mother's Day. So I know, yes, we need to celebrate our women. Yeah. Power to the female nation. But, I mean, these babies will not be out here if...
1: The fathers were not involved.
0: (laughs) I think we need to be given a little bit of credit as well. You're right. Absolutely right. For Father's Day, i probably just go to Florida or something. Just go spend some time on the beach with my girl. She's currently my source of inspiration, and. I think by just the circumstances around her birth and how my life has been transformed is immensely thanks to her. And I really don't know where I'll be if she wasn't in my life. Like they say in the world of Papala. Mm. it's 100% true. The daughter is a dad's blessing. It's been amazing, man. Before I came to the U.S., Senegal, to pick up my passport, I'm driving... And a few, it was about 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. We were just running to catch the last ferry. I'm about six to seven kilometers from Amdala. And out of nowhere, like I'm alone. I'm driving. I just went to pick up my passport. I'm chilling in the car. Out of nowhere, I saw a dog cross the road. The dog crosses the road. I'm trying to brake. But then I realized I have hit the dog. So I hit the dog. And I stopped the car. I come out of the car, but there's no dog. Oh, my God. There was nothing on the road. And my oil box had just shattered. Wow. Somewhere in some random bush. If I was probably going too fast, I probably would have just tumbled and my car would have thunted or something. And I could have died. And by the time someone came to find me, I would have been probably like hours old. So I was terrified. I ended up just trying walking into a village for almost 35 to 40 minutes looking for people, which I found. And they came and they helped me drag my car all the way to the border outside in Bara, waiting for someone to pull the car into the ferry. And when I told my wife about everything that had happened, she was furious. She's like, Man, these people are trying to juju you. Get your first thought. Get your behind out of that country now. Like your village people are after you. (laughs) Yeah, so it was a traumatizing experience for me. I've been in accidents, but this one just kind of opened my eye to the whole mystic sense of our African culture. Mm -hmm. I used to wake up to a bunch of juju stuff at my gate every morning. Those things that they just throw on the floor. I'll come meet like somebody has poured water at my gate. Almost two months before I left. So once I was involved in the accident, my eye was like, and I'd be conscious to what the repercussions of black magic, because sometimes you hear people's story as to what they've gone through due to the effects of black magic. And you barely even, like, you're baffled as to wait. Why would anyone even do something like that? But these things are real. And I feel that because of my daughter, I was protected from all those things. Mm. And the love she has for me. I mean, she wouldn't even play with her mom
1: like that. That is not fair. I try to understand that. How? Why? Do this kids do that all the time?
0: <laughs> She's heaven sent. She's loved by everyone. I'm just trying to get her to meet her grandmother and her great grandmother as well. God willing. But Father's Day, some, I mean, even her mom, that will be making a whole big deal about Father's Day. Because in June is her birthday as well. And a week after that, it's her mom's birthday. So they actually have like a couple of days apart. They're all cancer people. But I think this year is certainly going to be special. After a year lockdown, she turning to is certainly going to be special.
1: So what are some of the challenges you faced in this journey, being a young person to where you are now, growing up? What are the challenges you faced?
0: One, moral support. Moral support in the sense that it's hard to get your family to understand what you're going through. And... It's hard for you to get society to understand what you're going through, because if you're always that happy person, expect that. All the time. Your life, your world is milk and honey. (laughs) Mainly, it isn't. There are a lot of mental struggle. I just started therapy, which I still find fascinating. And I think especially coming from our
1: African background.
0: Yes, you need at some point in your life to talk about some of the things that you've gone through. It's healing. So the moral support is important, not turning a child into a narcissistic being, but allowing them to just feel that it's okay to be a child. It's okay to be a young person. It's okay to fail. It's okay to go to school and not be the best in class. I think all those things are important, regardless of the fact that you're going to give us presents if we take first in class. But it's also fine. It's also perfectly normal to make sure that the child that's being the 17th or the 22nd in the class feels part and parcel of the family as well. Creating an environment where everyone, regardless of their talent or their gift, is welcome. That's still a challenge for a lot of young people. And make your family or your friends understand that this is what you're passionate about. For example, even if it's, you know, selling buckets or weaving, making your family understand this is what you're passionate about and you need their support in order for you to excel in all that. I really would not speak mainly uh, much about the financial aspect of things because everyone is different and everyone's opportunity is certainly going to come to them once the time arrives. I think that's exactly what happens to me. Challenges are definitely going to be coming from different angles. I mean, knowing that in every career, in every work of life, you are not the only one in there. There are thousands of people that are doing the same thing that you do. You're going to be rejected multiple times. You're going to be cursed at. You're going to be ridiculed. I mean, I still go through ridicule to tomorrow. You are not going to be perfect But you may not change the entire world because even Justin Bieber is not known by the 8 billion people that are on. So whoever it is on this planet, not every human being knows them. There's still people that never knew who Michael Jackson was. So it is okay to accept that regardless of how much the grass is greener on the other side, you have an impact where you are. That impact could change the world. And I think... That was one of the lessons that I learned going through my crisis. It was mostly of the lack of support. That was the issue that I had. And once that clocked in, I was able to work. And that opened so many doors. Look, your distinctiveness to whatever you do is what's going to take you places. Because you do not want to have someone say, oh, he looks like... You know, like this and so person. You have to work in such a way that you're so unique that once it's you, it's you.
1: Yeah, you actually dived into the lesson. That was going to be my next question. Like, what are some of the lessons that you've learned in life?
0: Bro, perseverance. (laughs) Consistency, patience, and learning. You can never know too much. You can never be done learning. You can never fast forward a process. And I think for most of us, the higher power is the one that determines how long your process is going to be. They get one phone call and that's a life-changing experience for them. While someone that equally has the same element could find themselves struggling for 25 years to get that one same opportunity. Life is patience, life is consistency, life is perseverance, life is learning. But of everything that I have learned, life is relationships. Your money is not going to bury you. Your faith in God is not going to bury you. Your dreams and hopes and aspirations, all of that is not going to take care of you when you cannot take care of yourself anymore. We lose track of that. Don't burn bridges, bro. Don't do that because you're always going to need people. Like I'm saying, relationship. And that's one that I picked up from, regardless of however crazy my childhood was, how much traumatizing it has been. Life is relationship. You never know where you're going to find yourself, never know who is going to be that plug. That one person could just be that friend that you snobbed probably maybe they called you or they needed you at a time where you're like oh it was not important so let me call you tomorrow instead of just calling them right then could be the one that maybe they got stuck at some point and you were there to help i mean that person could be your ex mm. <laughs> it necessarily doesn't mean you have to still be friendly without know, no but make sure you end things on good terms we need each other Where you live your life shouldn't be in such a way that you're burning bridges to the extent that once you need someone, no one is going to be there because they have gone from grace to grass.
1: They say the people you meet on your way up will be the same people you meet on your way down. So learn to treat people right because you never know who you're going to come across, who you're going to need in the future. What do you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger?
0: Ooh, got everything I know now. That time is money. That health is wealth. Take care of your teeth. Take
1: care of your teeth.
0: <laughs> yes. Some people don't. I remember in Gambia, like, we used to eat cubes of sugar. Like, what are you doing? Bro, read. We live in an age where we have the internet and there's enough information, regardless of the fact that those things are all, you know, like, you can edit them. <laughs> See, yeah, but there's a lot of information. So if you can't even read the end, I mean, there's a lot of audio books. There's a lot of podcasts. There's so many experiences that you could listen to that are going to give you a different perspective. They might scare the heck out of you. Trust me, I've listened to podcasts and I'm like, wait, hold, wait. Do I even have to go out the house again? There's so much information. And I think that's the only thing that you truly own. You don't own anything else. Like even... The way I talk about my daughter and the love I have for like, I don't own her. Even the money that I have, it's not mine. Like if the bank shuts down today, like, what are you going to do? So the knowledge that you have, that you have acquired, that you continuously acquire, it's the strength that you are going to need to carry yourself through life. And if you're able to touch the life of one or two people today, That's all you should remember. That's the satisfaction that comes with existing, with being part of the human race. Change and touch people's lives. And I feel my work as an entertainer, as a creative consultant, as an actor, as an event host, is solely to change people's lives, to open their eyes, give them a life-changing experience, because there's no guarantee that this person may wake up tomorrow.
1: As you talked about, you never know what tomorrow holds. As a black man in America, how do you feel like with all these things that have been going on?
0: I would say it's an eye opening in terms of perspective. Everything about the human psyche stems from the perspective that you see it through. I looking at a color and terming it green necessarily doesn't mean that you standing on the other side looking at it could be green. And the conversation of being African in America also. It's not well understood once you're from the other side. And understood, like most of the time when you watch the news or you hear the stories, when you're in a different continent, you always, oh, man, this person is just making noise. But once you're here and you see it unfold on the ground, it just shocks you. It's scary. I pray every day before I go out of the house, because you could be pulled over for just looking too good. That may be the end of it, but it's important that we cherish where we're from. You may be here for a time, but I always tell them, like, let's just try and build those mansions back home so we can go back and live a better life over there and nobody not be stressing us, please. But it's certainly traumatizing. And it shows us equally how divided Black people are. We're not comfortable having the enmity between African-Americans and Africans in the UK and Africans in Paris and Africans in Africa. That topic is a deep one. It's hard. It's dark. I pray that we definitely just believe in our continent and work and make it better.
1: I didn't know what to say again, but I was going to talk about, you know, building the continent in Africa, but that's a topic for another day because that's a whole topic. The leaders, uh, it's crazy. What advice can you give to someone who feels like life is hard? I
0: can't move on. Man, you think your life is hard? Shoot. Listen, as long as you can breathe, though. As long as you can get off from where you are, as long as you're mobile, that's a cause to be out there hustling and and to make yourself better. You have people that are laying down and they can't move a limb. That's a hard life right there. So for someone to complain, I mean, we've been all brought here for a purpose. We've been all brought here for a reason, whatever that is. We may not know, we may never find out, but it's an adventure and you want to live that adventure to the fullest because you did not give yourself this journey. You didn't put yourself on this journey. Like you did not have to be born. You didn't get bride. Listen, you don't even know how you came here, but you are here. Look, we are here now. What are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's imperative that you take each day as it comes and make the best out of it. Now, I love psychology, and I, some way, always ask questions in the terms of what makes good, good, or what makes bad, bad. Like, who made the determination that this act as much term as bad, and just creating that distinctiveness. I mean, it certainly just stems down to our humanity. And as long as you're able to help out, As long as you find satisfaction in making the person next to you happy and equally elevate yourself to that same plane, that's all that matters. Regardless of whatever happens, we all may never become billionaires, but it's okay as well. Keep doing what you do, but above everything, just keep living. That moment could be the best moment of your life.
1: And the memories you make along the way are going to be what keeps you going as well. Thank you so much. And lastly, tell us where listeners can find you, what you do on social media.
0: So I'm just going to throw it out there. I mean, if you go on the internet, if you Google me up, you'll find me www.dannyconstant.com. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, Facebook. But don't forget, if you need my services, want me in your movie, if you want me in your short film, if you want me to do voiceover work for you, I'm there. I'm equally doing events now that the world is somewhat getting back to normalcy as well. You have parties, you have weddings, you want me to be there. Listen, I'm the life of the party, though. I'll make your party pop. Hey. (laughs) Yes. If my services are needed, you can pretty much just contact me. But outside social media as well, I pick up some mentees here and there or private cancelling sessions.
1: Yeah, and then on Sundays and Wednesdays, Wednesdays we are ranting, and
0: then Sundays. But but I'm suddenly working on bringing a different twist to crude, kind of taking it off Instagram to turning it basically into like a show show. Once that happens, I will give you the information. But I mean, Rant, it's it's pretty much the platform where people can just vent. I think a lot of people have so much bottled in within them that they just need to tell us what's pissing you off today type stuff.
1: <laughs> so that's where you can find Danny. And thank you so much for coming on here. We are really grateful. I'm grateful for taking time out on busy day and coming here to do this. Really appreciate this.
0: You're welcome. Together going to break barriers.
1: Right, right. <laughs> we have to. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breaker's Corner Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the BB Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the West Africa. Cause they can hold-